Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So delighted to see you've returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. And today we have got an interesting item. If you'll take a look over here on the wall, a tapestry, something one might find in a medieval castle of a king or even a queen. This tapestry depicts a white wolf holding two swords in his mouth, one steel, one silver. It's a very interesting piece, the look of the wolf, a grim face, surrounded by the fires of chaos. And therein lies the essence of today's episode of Odds Bonkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the Netflix series, The Witcher Season 3, Part 1. So, The Witcher Season 3 kicked off on Netflix. It was released on June 29th, and they did with this what they've done with the last season of Stranger Things, where they've broken up the season into two parts. And and I have to admit, uh, I don't enjoy that. I wish they would just put the whole season out at one time. I don't know what the reasoning is for this. I've never heard a reason that is satisfying, but... That is what they've done with this, for whatever reason Netflix has for doing Netflix things. But this first part of the season three, we get five episodes. And of course, season two is going to be coming out on July 27th, where we'll get the final three episodes. But uh, these first five episodes of season three, we're going to talk about those. My thoughts of where we're at in the story. We're going to briefly go over some of those uh, different elements that we see in this first half of the first season and where things are likely to go in the second half of the season. Now, there are some things I know from the books that have been kind of validated in the trailer that we got at the very end. There was a PS at the end of episode five, which was a trailer for part two. And we see some things that come directly from the books that I think are going to lead into the Liam Hemsworth taking the place of Henry Cavill as Geralt of Rivia. We're going to talk about all that and more. So I'm going to get this out of the way right off the bat. There are going to be a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't watched part one of season three of The Witcher, then Now's the time to hit pause and go watch it, finish watching it, whatever you gotta do, then come back, hear my thoughts on part one of season three of The Witcher. But uh, from here on out, there are going to be spoilers. So for anybody that has read the books or played the video games, really the video games are kind of a sequel to the books. So the things that happen in the video games don't actually happen in the books. You have the events of the books, then the events of the video games. But uh, if you're keeping score with the seasons, we had the, the first season was primarily based on short stories. A couple of the short story collections like Sword of Destiny and The Last Wish. Uh, season two was based on The Blood of Elves, the first actual book in the Witcher saga. And this third season is based on the second book called Time of Contempt. Now, again, if you're keeping score, uh, there are three books left. There's Baptism of Fire, The Tower of the Swallow, 
and The Lady of the Lake, which could mean that we have three seasons left. There was another standalone novel after that, Season of Storms. I don't know if they're going to try to incorporate some of that into this, but it really, from what I understand of it, and again, I haven't read the books, but I've done enough research to know a bit about what goes on in the books and how some of the events of the books uh, translate to the TV series. But uh, I, I don't know if they're going to try and add any of that into the, the next few seasons, if that is in fact what they're going to do, uh, a season, a book, which would mean we have three seasons left. But uh, this is based on Time of Contempt, the season that we're currently watching. And we pick up where Geralt of Rivia and Yennefer are taking care of Ciri, trying to protect her. It's become known throughout the realm that she has elder blood. And you essentially have like all these different factions trying to possess Ciri. Uh, you have uh, Redania, one of the northern lands. Uh, you've got the, the King Vizimir of Redania who's trying to uh, possess Ciri. He wants to wed her. Now, that's how it goes in this. In the book, he, I think he wants to kill Ciri. But you have Dijkstra and Philippa, you know, trying to manipulate things to bring Ciri to Redania. You, of course, have Francesca, the leader of the elves, wants her to, to come with the elves and be the leader of the elves and establish a, a new elven freehold. You, of course, have who was uh, identified as her father, Emperor Amir, the white flame that has been talked about over the past couple seasons. You've got him and Kahir, of course, Kahir, getting back into Amir's good graces and trying to, they're trying to search for Siri. Although the Kahir character, uh, it's almost like they are in the parlance of, of wrestling fans, uh, they're trying to maybe tinkering or, or teetering on maybe doing a face turn with him, uh, having him turn on Amir to be a, a good guy. Who, who knows? Uh, there again, I don't know enough about the books to know if that happens, but they're kind of uh, toying with that idea in this because you have some moments where he is questioning what he's doing on the, the behest of, of Amir. You, of course, have the Wild Hunt who was introduced as a big bad guy at the end of last season, season two. They make a brief appearance in this in a, in a pretty cool scene. These spectral ghost-type figures chasing down Ciri. I thought it was pretty cool. It was some uh, pretty decent uh, special effects and CG work. I, I really enjoyed that. Of course, there's the Rian's character and Lydia. They're looking for Siri as well. And of course, the big mystery of this season is the fact that Rian's and Lydia are working for some mysterious mage of great power. And who is this? Who is the one behind uh, Rian's and, and all his uh, fire magic? They set this up as a big mystery, but for me, I, I kind of knew who it was all along because they really set up Mysterious Bat Guy late last season. And I, I think this is probably going to be one of the biggest spoilers of, of this discussion uh, because I'm going to talk about who it is. Uh, it, it turns out it's Vilgefortz. And I kind of felt like I knew this all along. And <laughs> I don't know... If they ever came out and said it specifically last season, but they've been leaning towards him being a bad guy and him not being very forthright with 
where his alliances lie. So I kind of figured it was him all along because you didn't see much of him throughout this whole season. You got little bits of him here and there. And it was almost like, a, let's keep him in the background so people don't think it's him. And then boom, when we have this big revelation, people will be like, oh, I never knew. But, but, but I felt like I knew the whole time. Now, that's not to say that the revelation of Vilgefortz being the big bad in this was not done well, because they, they did a really good job with that. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. But these are all the main players, all of the different factions that are out to get Siri, and that's why Siri needs the protection of Geralt and Yennefer. But they did a lot of really interesting things in this that I liked. They, they played on a lot of themes, and I think one of the biggest themes of this season so far has been Geralt and, and Geralt in general and witchers in general mainly stay neutral. Geralt talks about how it doesn't matter who the king or queen is. It doesn't matter who the nation nations are just made up of lines that men imagine are important. Witchers just go and kill monsters for whoever will pay them the most coin. So Geralt and witchers in general tend to stay neutral, but everyone is insisting that Geralt needs to pick a side in order to protect Ciri. And and you get a lot of people coming to him and trying to entice him into joining their side, Dijkstra and Philippa do. That may be more so Dijkstra than Philippa. Uh, you get uh, Vilgefortz, who is trying to get Geralt to come to his side. It'll be a very interesting to see how this all plays out and what sort of consequences there will be for Geralt in either picking a side or not picking a side. I'm excited to see how that all plays out and hopefully we'll we'll get a lot of that revelation in the last three episodes. Another one of the big themes of this season was Siri coming to terms with her powers and her visions. Of course, she's having a lot of visions of the future and things that have not yet happened and she wants to save people. She wants to be good. She wants to use her powers to help people but she has that moment where she sees the guy and he's he's going to be uh, shot with an arrow uh, on his ride somewhere. And Yennefer stops her from warning him and talking about how, you know, sometimes you just have to let people die because if him not dying uh, ends up causing more people to die than was saving that one person worth it. And, and of course, that brings up a big moral conundrum that uh, I, I suppose is probably even an even bigger theme. But again, very interested to see how that plays out with Siri and with this character and these characters. Uh, another thing was uh, Siri discovering her her powers as a witcher and getting closer to becoming a witcher. There was that interesting scene on that ferry where she's essentially telling Geralt everything they need to do to kill this monster that has been rumored to be attacking this boat. And it was, it was really kind of fun to see her taking the lead and Geralt take or letting her take the lead like a like a father would and that was another thing is building the family between Geralt, Yennefer and Ciri. We finally get to see Geralt and Yennefer kind of make up. You know, Geralt is very cold and very distant to Yennefer in the beginning, but he slowly warms up to her. And then we finally get to see them rekindle that relationship that we enjoyed so much in that first season and uh, didn't get it at all in the second season. And in the beginning of this season, the, the first 
episode or so, uh, it was really it was really tough to watch these two because uh, they're so good together, and to see them have such a rift between them, it was nice to see that relationship uh, being rekindled. But yeah, really, what this first half of the season is, and you can't even say half because it's uh, like almost three quarters of the of the season, but it's basically. Geralt and Yennefer trying to keep Ciri safe, trying to get her to the Brotherhood, trying to get her to Eratuza, and all of these other factions plotting and planning and trying to politic and manipulate and kill to get Ciri into their possession. You've got Redania who wants to, to marry her to the king so they can have possession of her power. Granted, it plays out different in the books, but in this this TV series, that's how it plays out there. And of course, uh, you've got Dijkstra and Philippa trying to manipulate that and make that happen. You've got Francesca, probably the only one that wants her for legitimate purposes to make her the queen, to make her the leader of the elves. But again, it's somebody that wants to possess Ciri and and use her to get their own gains. So while she does have the purest reasonings for wanting to find Ciri, it's still for her own personal gains, for the gains of the elves and no one else. You've got Amir and Kahir who are looking for Ciri. And um, I know in the book, I don't know as if they mentioned it in this episode, but Amir wants to marry his own daughter and that their offspring would create this, this being that would uh, save the day. And I, I don't know if it has to deal with the white frost or, or how that plays out. I can't remember specifically, but, uh, but at the very least in this show, I don't think they're going to go that route in the show, but he at very least wants his daughter back with him so he can control her power. Vilgefortz is the same way. He wants to, to have her power. He wants to possess her power to strengthen his own power as a mage. And then of course the wild hunt has probably the more diabolical reason for wanting Siri because they're stuck in this world where they can only slip through in these astral projections. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but but she has the power to open these portals to different universes and, and they want that power so they can conquer all these other universes. And of course, you tie that in with the, the White Frost, who they introduced in the Blood Origins series. But you have all these different factions wanting Siri, and there again, Geralt and Yennefer proving what they'll do, the lengths in which they'll go to to protect her and and the building and the solidifying of this family unit between the three of them was was fun to watch because that's very much the essence of these books. No matter how close or far away from the source material they get, they do keep the heart and the essence of the books and the source material intact, I think, with this series for the most part. Now, there was one big change from the books that I just don't know if it worked because it, it felt very much forced. Because the character Yaskier, played by Joey Bailey, does a really good job. The traveling bard befriends Geralt. In the books, he is very much a ladies' man and a womanizer. You know, that, that kind of typical character. If you ever played d and I've played that sort of character before. But they've, they've changed the character and they give him a, a male love interest and, and this relationship between Yaskir and the brother of King Vizimir. And it just seemed very forced and very, 
very much a, hey, we don't have this type of character in this show, so we got to have one of those, so let's check that box. It felt very much forced. It felt very much out of nowhere. It felt very much unlike what we've seen of this character so far, and it just didn't work for me. It's one thing if the character would have been written that way in the books. I would have had no problem with that. It would have been one thing if they made this character gay from the beginning. It would have been fine, but it's felt like they, okay, we're in season three. Okay, we don't have any gay characters, so let's change this guy and make him the token gay character. And to me, that would feel pandering. If that were something that were very important to me to see on the screen, it would feel like, oh, they just changed him just to, to make me happy. Uh, I, I would feel pandered to. And as a fan of things being as close to the source material as they can be, uh, for me, I'm like, ow. Oh, you know, you didn't have to do that. You could have just let the character be the character as it's written. There again, not a make or break issue. It's just, like I said, it felt very forced. It felt very unnatural. It was about the only thing in this season that just felt like it didn't fit because it really did feel shoehorned. Now, the one thing that uh, I really did like, it didn't feel shoehorned. It felt very natural and it felt very in the story is the big red herring because there's this big mystery of somebody is after Siri and somebody is behind the Reance and Lydia character and he's a mage and he's pulling the strings and trying to get Siri. He's very powerful. He's kidnapping young girls. We find out through some evidence that these young girls are all a part of the the school at Eratusa. They're all half-elves. Geralt finds a half-elf girl that has been made to look and made to think that they, she is Siri. And, and there's a lot of mind control things going on there. And all of these things point to Stregobor. And they have this wonderful final episode called The Art of Illusion. And it is Geralt and Yennefer trying to expose Stregobor. And the way they do this episode is just absolutely fabulous. It's called The Art of Illusion. And we see this ball that they're having at Eretuza play out. And you see it play out in a certain way. And then they keep going back and replaying various scenes. And you get a little more context. And then they go back and replay those scenes again with even more context. And it's revelation of context upon context that just bring the picture into greater light the more times you see it and the more things you see that you didn't see before. It was just done really well and very interesting. And it, it all led to Stregobor being accused of the one that is trying to capture Siri and has hired Reance. And then we find out that no, it wasn't him at all. There is big revelation that it is Vilgefortz. And then we have that cliffhanger ending where there is this coup going on. And it's it's from the books, but uh, this coup going on and you see Geralt going to, to kill Vilgefortz. And of course, Dijkstra uh, has him with a blade to his throat and then fade to black. Now we did get that uh, interesting trailer for part two that's coming out on July 27th. 
at the very end of the episode, the PS at the end of the episode. And we'll talk about that here in a minute, but I do want to just kind of summarize my thoughts on this first half of the season. I, I thought it was pretty good. Again, I've never read the books. I know enough about the books to know some of the things that are true to it, some of the things that aren't true to it, but I've, I've never read the books in their entirety. And it, this just makes me want to even more because I have been enjoying this series, even though season two was maligned a little bit. I enjoyed it still. I enjoyed this even more. I thought they had a couple really good swordplay battles with Geralt in, in episode one where he's taken on the bounty hunters was excellent. They had some really good stuff there. When he takes on the multi-bodied monster, uh, that was pretty cool and disgusting. <laughs> and and some other swordplay. Not as much swordplay as the first season. That's been kind of a disappointment because I really enjoy those scenes. Some of the choreography is really good. And it has a really matched the first season in these past two seasons but they have had some really good sword play i think in part two we are going to see the ante upped in the sword play department and again i'll talk about that but but i really like some of the sword play they had in this uh they had some really cool character developments uh some relationship development in this there's a lot of political intrigue i really liked as much as i kind of had a feeling Vilgefortz was the real bad guy they were after. I did like the red herring of Stregobor being the guy everyone thought and the revelation of of all of that and Vilgefortz being the, the real bad guy. That was all very interesting and the political intrigue there was quite fun. The special effects are okay. They're nothing that blow your mind. And, and I have to say that's probably one of the things about the series as a whole that's been a little, a little disappointing is that the monsters are obvious CG monsters. And and granted, it's not horrible CG, but it's not great CG. And I really, I wish the CG was as great as the show is and as great as the cast is and as great as the directing and the sets and, and everything they put in, the costumes. I wish the CG was as great as that. If, if that were the case, then I think this show would be... You know, if you want to rate it, I hate ratings because that's so subjective, but that it would be a five out of five stars for me. But the CG is just not as good as I wish it could be. And it doesn't live up to the rest of the, the show, which is, I think, for my money, really good. Now, I know there's some purists out there who live and die by the source material. And, and I understand that. Uh, I'm very much a source material purist, but for somebody that's never read the source material, just knows enough about it to be dangerous, I still enjoy it. And it's never going to be exactly like the source material. Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings was not exactly like Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy because you just can't adapt things directly from, from book to, to the screen. You can't do it. Things have to be changed. Uh, things have to be done differently. Things on the page may not be as cinematic as they should be when it translates to the screen. So, so I get that. And I think I'm maybe a little more forgiving about this because I haven't read the books. Uh, I might change my mind if I eventually get around to reading these books, which I'd like to one day. But, uh, but I enjoyed the season so far, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they have coming up in part two of season three. Now, this is where we're going to get uh, future spoilery. So if you don't want anything spoiled for the second half of the season, 
I encourage you to stop here and maybe come back later because we are going to talk about the trailer and what I think is going to happen, what I've seen happen, and what is going to go down that I think is going to make a really interesting transition from Henry Cavill playing Geralt to Liam Hemsworth playing Geralt. And it all kind of ties together. So if you don't want anything spoiled for part two of season three, then I encourage you to, to go and wait until wait until it's all said and done. Come back and finish watching this or listening to this or, or just, you know, we'll do a, a wrap up of the season three as a whole uh, and mainly focus on that second half of the season once that comes out. But uh, I am going to spoil things probably for what goes down in the second half of the season right now. So in the trailer, there's a lot of really cool things. There's that close-up on somebody's eyes. I don't know if that's Geralt or who that exactly is. You've got these big battles with the sorceress wielding this lightning magic and somebody deflecting that lightning magic with some sort of shield. Uh, it's I, I'm really excited to see who is who in that. But the one thing I'm really interested in seeing is the big sword fight we have between Geralt and this mystery player. Uh, now, if you watch the trailer that they have at the, the PS of episode five, you can kind of tell who it is. And if you know the books, you know exactly who this is. Geralt has a big battle with Vilgefortz. And I think that's where he really gets established as a big villain uh, not only for season five, but moving on into the next season at the very least, on top of Amir, who is kind of working with Vilgefortz. There's that line that Lydia says to Rience about how working with Nilfgaard is not the same as working for Nilfgaard. And of course, they're working for Vilgefortz, who they're insinuating is working with Nilfgaard. And there's a weird alliance between Vilgefortz and Amir. And and that could have some, some interesting ramifications into next season and maybe the season after that. Again, not 100% sure about the source material, how exactly that goes down. It may be something I do a little more research on, but... But it'll be interesting how that plays out. But there is a big scene in the books where Geralt and Vilgefortz have this battle. In the trailer, the person he's taking on is a, a wizard with a staff. And that is exactly a staffed Vilgefortz in the book taking on Geralt. And in this battle, at least in the books, Vilgefortz wins. And Geralt is badly injured and gets his ass kicked, essentially. And I think what is going to happen is that he is going to be injured so badly and the healing process and probably some magic being involved with that. We saw magic that uh, changed Yennefer's complete appearance. We saw that in the first season. I think they are going to use that as an excuse for Geralt looking different in season four when Liam Hemsworth takes over. Which, you know, I, I think that that makes sense and I can live with that. Uh, what I was really not looking forward to, uh, as much as I'm not looking forward to anyone playing The Witcher and Geralt of Rivia other than Henry Cobble, the fact of the matter is that he is leaving the show 
And if you don't want to watch the show because he's not in it, well, then you didn't like the show to begin with. You only liked Henry Cavill. And that's, that, that's enough right there. I think he's a good actor. I really love all the things that I see him in. But if you were only watching for Henry Cavill, then you didn't like the show. You don't like the other characters. You don't like the other actors. You don't like all the hard work that everyone else put in. And I think it's kind of ridiculous that I don't want to watch the show because the actor that I want playing this character is no longer going to be there. Well, he's leaving this, you know, he he left this show, whether it is because of the rumors that he didn't agree with how the show was going and deviating from the books, whether it's that, whether it's him wanting to go play Superman, whether it's him wanting to go uh, create his Warhammer 40,000 series, whatever the reason Henry Cavill's leaving, he is leaving the show. So, you know, they, they can't just not have the character. You have to recast this character. And I was really not looking forward to it just being like back in the 80s or, or, or even, Jesus, uh, Game of Thrones when the Dario Naharis was this long-haired, blonde, pretty boy one season and the next he's this scruffy-looking, dark-haired, gruff guy that doesn't have a, an accent. And it just was like, Oh, so this is, this is the same guy, but he looks different, but it's the same guy. Uh, you're not going to get that. You're going to get, I think, a legitimate reason why the Geralt of Rivia character is going to look different. I, You know, they'll do him up. They'll have similar wigs. He'll have a little bit of the scruff. He'll have, you know, he's not looking like Henry Cavill, but there'll be a, a good reason as to why he doesn't. And I think, you know, if you can do that, it makes it a little more palatable when you're doing a complete recast like that. And I can't blame the show and I can't blame Liam Hemsworth for Henry Cavill leaving the show. I wish he wasn't, but he is. And that's just the the facts of it. And if you don't want to watch the show anymore because of Henry Cavill, then you didn't like the show to begin with. You just liked Henry Cavill. And that's to each his own. But but be honest about the whole situation. Be honest about it. Don't, don't say that you don't like the show anymore because Henry Cavill's leaving. The show's going to be the same. It's going to have the same writers, going to have the same directors, same showrunners. It's just not going to have Henry Cavill. That's the real reason why you don't want it because you're so attached to, to the actor that the show comes second for you. And that's that's not fair to the show. It's not fair to the other actors in the show. But at any rate, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out and where we go into season four. What kind of, you know, they had a PS uh, at a lot of the seasons uh, setting up the next season. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with the PS scene at the end of episode eight. And, and that's it. We've got three more episodes of Henry Cavill as Geralt, but we've got a lot of Witcher still to come. Hopefully, hopefully the show continues to do well and people don't puss out on the show just because the actor they like is leaving it. Uh, if the show's still good, if Liam Hemsworth still does a decent job as Geralt, uh, hopefully people stick with the show and quit being little babies about it uh, because I really would like to see this play out because you've still got after season four you've still got two more books to do to really wrap up this this story and this saga and i really want to get to the end of this i i think this show and, and everybody involved who's done a really good job 
I think they deserve getting a chance to see this story through. But we'll find out where the story goes next, coming up in July, July 27th. Part 2 of Season 3 of The Witcher will be hitting Netflix. So those are my thoughts on the first half of the season. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on that. Hopefully you enjoyed the first half of the season as much as I did, and hopefully you're looking forward to the second half of the season as much as I am. And and we'll talk about that uh, when the season drops or the second half of the season drops on netflix i'll uh, watch the episodes as soon as i can and get out a a recap a finale recap for the season uh shortly thereafter but I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts you can check out more at odds bodkins curiosity shop with our facebook page always posting trailers articles from all over the internet that i find on horror fantasy and science fiction always add my two cents a whole lot more you can also find us on instagram as well and stay on top of what's going on with the latest issues of odds bodkins curiosity shop uh no matter where you're listening to this podcast please subscribe to it follow it like it whatever you got to do whatever your platform calls it do that and share the podcast with anyone you know that loves horror fantasy and science fiction and as always leave those reviews five stars would be awesome but whatever review you leave we do appreciate Appreciate the feedback. And until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. <laughs>